Hello and welcome to the Wellness Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Taff, and I am so delighted to be back with season three of the podcast. We have 10 amazing episodes lined up for you this season. And while we were on a break, I'm also delighted to share with you that the Space Monthly Membership is now live. And the Space is something I created for Robin six years ago, who was overwhelmed, stressed, anxious, in fear all of the time. And I struggled with my self-care and managing my stress and just felt like I was basically surviving every day. I was so far from thriving in any area of my life. And the space is here to help you transform your life by learning the tools and what you need to do to improve your self-care and manage your stress. And it's also based on a community of like-minded women to help you stay accountable and inspired as you make those meaningful changes. Just to look at what areas we want to improve. There's weekly accountability. There's a monthly Q&A with me as your coach and just an incredible community of women who are all in the same boat and who just want to feel better and to create a happier, healthier life. And everything is available on demand because I know you're busy. So if you want to watch it in your own time, you absolutely can. So I'll leave the link for that down in the show notes in case you want to have a look. But for now, let's get into our first episode. And I am joined by one of my favorite people in the world, Judith McAdam. Judith is a manifestation life coach. And in this episode, we're chatting all about managing fear and learning how to deliberately create our lives and Judith has been someone really special in my life for a really long time and I know you're going to get so much out of this so grab your coffee get out for your walk wherever you are in the car I hope you enjoy and as always please do let me know I love to hear from you I love to know that you at least got something from these episodes because that is why we're doing this um so yeah let's get into the episode so Judith, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you for coming on. I'm so excited for this conversation. I have been, haven't left poor Judith alone for the last few months because I just know that this is going to be so helpful for everybody listening. But before we get started, would you mind just telling us a bit about who you are and what you do? Oh my God, I hate that question. <laughs> I am a theologian. I'm a recce master. I'm a kinesiologist and I I um I help people to heal, move forward and manifest. So it's not that we have to do them all in sequential, you know, it's not we have to take the healing bit and do the healing bit and then move them forward a bit in the manifesting bit. We actually do the whole lot together because we're constantly healing and growing and evolving. So we have to take everything together. So that's what I do. Yeah. And what was there something in your life or something that happened that brought you to this work? I think, I mean, I can trace it back to different points. Initially, very, very small child, always very tuned in. We all are as children. We're all very, very tuned in. Um, always loving the the spiritual side. I mean, started school at four years of age and we were being taught the Hail Mary I remember plaguing the teacher but why but what does that mean and wanting to know the connection and where the connection was and praying I didn't know didn't really 
get the praying bit because you were told to pray to Jesus and not God. And I thought, no, that's not right. I'll just go to God direct. Um, <laughs> at that point, I'm not religious now, nor was I really then. It was just, you know, when you were small, you were, this is the way we were taught. So I could kind of trace that kind of spiritual bit back to then. And then um, in my 20s, there was somebody close to me who wasn't well and I wanted to help them. And I started to do recce and learn the technique. And um, I realized that uh, it did more for me than anything else. Yes, it did help the other person. But when I did level one, I realized this is, this is, this is, I have so much here that I need to, to heal and grow and open myself up. So that was a pivotal point as well. So there was different points along the way that, um, were bringing me to where I am now with my practice and seeing the pe people and the workshops and things like that in the book as well. I Yeah, and I remember when I was nursing, I was on full-time nights and I really didn't like my job. I was so unhappy and I remember reading your book and I saw at the back when I got to the end of it that you did coaching and I remember sitting there and I was like at that, at that time I didn't realize I was making a fuck decision but I was like you know what I'm going to reach out and I'm going to get some coaching and see if I can create some change in my life and that must have been god is it five or six years ago at this stage that yeah. I've been coming to you yeah. um and yeah I was only thinking about that as I was kind of prepping for the podcast I was like my god it's been so long since I've been connected with you and doing your work and I just remember at the very beginning when I came to you I was so in fear I was really unhappy I just felt powerless I felt like my life was just always going to be the way it was and I didn't have any say in it and I would think oh I'd like that job or I'd like to do something different but that would never happen for me or I couldn't have that in my life and you taught me about taking my power back you taught me how to deliberately create change in my life and I know for so many people listening that they probably want to do that too mm. and look how I mean look how far you've come within yourself with what you've created in your life I mean doors literally open and open and open once you start opening yourself up and that's that's really what it is um robin it's opening yourself up i had a client the other day a new client and she said to me that's just the way i am and i said that's not the real you that's not that's the the you that you think you are the big you is completely different and you know me i draw these little pictures out all the time the subconscious mind loves um feeling it loves imagination loves pictures images and things like that and i to the subconscious all the time we're doing a lot of subconscious work when we yeah. work together and you know that in a session um creating new habits new ways of thinking and recognizing that some of the old ways don't work for us anymore they used to it's a bit like having an iphone 6 and an iphone 14 the iphone 6 was great at the time but now you want an iphone 14 so you have to up the ante and you have to learn how to use it you have to download your stuff and it's pain in the neck but then we get going, it's fantastic and you wouldn't look back and the iPhone 6 seems, seems so pathetic in comparison. So it's, it's, isn't it like that? When you look back and see how fear blocked you and you see that's what blocks us. It's fear. We close 
up, we, we become very uprooted and ungrounded and that's anxiety and fear. We um, block our creativity. We don't stand in our personal power. We don't feel good enough. Our self-esteem, our self-worth is through the ground. We close our hearts or build walls around our little hearts because we are not little because the heart is a, uh, now science have proven it's a small brain and heart intelligence is huge. But we, we put walls around our heart. We don't voice anything. We, we keep everything in or, or bottle it and then, you know, harbour resentment in our heart. And, you know, we can't voice because we haven't got the confidence to voice it. And then we're uprooted and ungrounded. So how can you voice something? Because anything you're going to voice is going to be from an anxious point of view. We're not. We are always connected. But, you know, and taking downloads from the, the universe. Think of it like a computer system. We're, we're always connected but we choke that connection off and then we don't listen to our intuition and then we don't so we, we get the intuitions and then we go oh yeah that's a great idea and then we say oh yeah but I can't do that yeah or where am I going to get the money from or and we block that's the roadblock immediately what block and then we close all of these powerful doors within I call them powerful doors within we close all of them they're like boom 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 shut and then we're operating from that place, not the big, huge person that we are. And that's exactly what I wanted to ask you, because I know that that was what I was doing for years. I was creating from a place of fear. I was always fearful, always anxious. And for for anybody listening, how do we know we're in fear? Like, how do we like if you're just getting started with this work and like kind of taking those first steps and maybe learning that you have been in fear for many years um where do we start like what do we do okay well where you start is you listen to your thoughts your words and your action and look at your actions okay and there are the three places that you can start very easily and if you listen to the chitter chatter in your head Mm -hmm. that will tell you an awful lot about what's going on and if you're saying to yourself for instance if you want to create a new job and you're saying to yourself oh yeah but yeah I'd love that but where the hell am I going to get the job and it's kind of a recession now and it's a really bad time to to go out and look for a job and I'll probably never get the job that will pay the way I want it to pay and on the hours and I'll probably be working and if you listen to the chitter chatter, or if you want to create love in your life, and you're saying, well, I'm not going on those internet dating apps, they're just horrible, and I hate them, and I'll have to lose two stone before I start dating, and do, 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 do. Well, if you listen to that, or if you want to create a baby, and you're you're listening to all of what's going on at the moment of, God, it's very hard to conceive nowadays, and I, you know, I wonder if I'm too old, or, or if you want to create love, and a baby, and you're in your, as a lot of women come into me, they come in their mid-30s, and they, um, I want to create a family, but I want to create a lover, I want to create a baby, I want to create a, and I have to do it right now, because I'm running out of time, and it's like, whoa, stop, so do you hear all of the different money, you know, I'd love to, to go away for two months, or three months, but I'd never be able to afford it, or, you know, if you go around all of the different aspects of your wheel of life, I want a house. Oh, but sure, I'm never going to get a mortgage. How do you get a mortgage? Sure, it's impossible to get a house in Dublin nowadays, or it's impossible to get a house, full stop, whether you're in Dublin or not. So our women also, a lot of times women say, well, I have to wait for my man to come in to get a house. And oh my God. 
and they're the thoughts. Yeah. So you have to listen to your thoughts because all of those counts are actually blocking you, blocking you, blocking you, blocking you, blocking you. And then you're creating a habit around it. And then you just go into the same loop all over again and create the same thing all over again. So you have to listen to your thoughts. Your words will tell you as well. Oh, I look awful. Oh my God, that's just terrible. Yeah, your words will tell you. And then your actions will tell you too. Because if you look at yourself, your body language... And if you're in, you you look at yourself in a meeting um, with your peers and work and your arms are folded or your legs are double crossed nearly or, you know, you're you're fidgeting or if you look at your body language, that will tell you what's going on as well. And all of that added up is what's going to make manifest in your life. So that's the first three steps. Look at your thoughts, your words and your and your actions yeah and that and that was huge for me was understanding that the resistant thoughts all of those little things that I would say to myself like I'd have a desire and then I'd meet it straight away with oh but I couldn't do that or oh that would never happen for me and while that seemed like it wasn't that big of a deal it was just it was just habit at that stage it was just normal but that was actually what blocks, like you said, so many of us from creating that change. And I remember in your book, in one of the chapters, you said um, when you were discussing that tough time you went through in your life and you were like, oh, well, I don't have time to meditate. And then you were like, no, I didn't have time not to meditate because I found as well that meditation for me helped me become so much more aware of those thoughts, of my actions, because I was the observer I was practicing watching rather than being in it all the time and that I just found and even to today has been a huge huge tool in helping with that process yeah oh meditation is is one of the biggest there's a couple of big tools and meditation is is absolutely the biggest tool but if you at the beginning you you people say well how can I can't meditate I was the same. I I used to say I can't meditate. I don't even know how to meditate. And now I wouldn't go a day without meditating. And I and I've been like that for years and years and years now. It's been the, the greatest tool. So if you can't meditate, just start off with visualizations. Or you know, there's plenty of them on on YouTube. There's there's loads of them on my website, and you do them as well. And so start off with visualizations and they help you and they help to open up your subconscious mind and some people say but I can't visualize and I'd say no you can it's just you haven't practiced so it's all about and and then again listen to the words you're saying I can't visualize I can't meditate you can you just haven't practiced it so visualization is the biggest tool and then after visualization or in conjunction with visualize or with meditation and visualization is your inner child i use the inner child an awful lot as well you know um and it's a way of tapping into your subconscious mind so the inner child for me is the subconscious mind but the subconscious needs a feeling to create And we're always giving our subconscious mind loads of feelings, loads of negative ones, loads of fearful ones, I can't ones, I'm not good enough ones. And the the inner child, that that, that subconscious mind just is going, sucking it in, sucking it in, and then creating momentum around that. And then you're getting exactly what you put in there out into your life again. So 
if you want to create something different, you're going to have to make a relationship with this lovely inner child of your, your own mind. You're making a relationship with your own mind. And you're learning to, a big thing, to love yourself. Actually, and it's not just love in the spoil yourself way. It's love yourself like you'd love a little child. If, it, if you cared for a child, you would be, oh, slapping around them, loving them, minding them, wouldn't let them do anything, wouldn't put them through. As sometimes I say to people who maybe... You know, there may be there may be an awful lot of drinking and some drugs or whatever, and they want to kind of kick that and move forward. And I'd say, if you had a little girl or a little boy, would you let them go? Would you would you do that to them? Would you um, fill them full of drink and drugs and would you? And they look at me horrified, as much to say. Of course, I wouldn't do that to a child. And I said, well, that's what you're doing to your own child inside. And you, until you look after properly and love and adore that child inside, well, you're going to remain a little bit stuck, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's, I, I was only listening to an Abraham Hicks um just a chat the other morning and they were saying the exact same thing about if a child fell over, would you turn around? Could you just go get up, you little dummy? Yeah. I said, no, never. No, no. You what wouldn't. if it was yourself? You'd say it to yourself. Yeah. yeah. I, I always, um, there's a, you know, looking in the mirror can cause big, big problems for, for people, you know. So a little trick would be when you're looking in the mirror to look into your child inside you, that little girl or little boy. Instead of looking at the outward appearance, look into that, into your soul, use the old-fashioned word, your soul, and look right in there and look at that little child and go, I love you, as if you were looking at a child who was starved of love and you wanted to pour all your love out to this child and make that child feel safe and secure. Well, when you look in the mirror, you need to treat yourself like that and look at, I love you, you're gorgeous. I do that all the time. (laughs) But I'm not looking at, my outer appearance I'm looking at that little girl inside me and I'm loving her yeah yeah and as well this is great um isn't it for anyone who is listening who maybe has something big that they want to create but right now the the idea of the actual creation it it feels quite big and quite scary and from where they are right now they're like oh I don't know if I could get there It, it feels too much yeah and you teaching this tool I've found in everything that I've created is so helpful because it helps you keep moving forward instead of you always taught me about like stop start momentum where we would start and then fear would come in and and those thoughts and you're like oh Jesus no this is too much I can't do this this is way too much and it's almost like you use her as like a a way to self-soothe so instead of stopping and not doing anything not moving forward at all it can help you move just that one step at a time towards that thing that you want to bring in I always you know the bridge visualization that I use yeah it's to create a bridge for yourself so if you visualize because your subconscious loves visualization and imagination if you say to yourself I want to I remember wanting to create my lovely car my new jeep that I have sitting outside my door now but I wanted to create that a couple of years ago in the middle of COVID and I was like 
how am I going to do this? Do you know? And I have my own business and I didn't want to push everything and I didn't want to. And I thought, and I had given, long story, but I had given away my, my own Jeep. So I was carless and I didn't know what to do. And I knew I wasn't ready to take that bigger step. So into this bigger commitment and all of that manifestation. So I created a bridge for myself and I got this a guy down, a mechanic I know said, oh, I have this clapped out absolute banger of a car. And I looked at it and I went, oh my God, I'm really going backwards if I take that. And then I thought, no, created. I don't know. I didn't know at the time what I wanted to create. I didn't know what kind of car I wanted because for the first time in my life, I realized I always had a man to do that for me, which is scurrilous, I know, but it's conditioning as well. It was either my father or um, my ex-husband or, um, uh, you know, a friend or somebody. And, and they always sort of told me, this car is good, get that. And I always went along blindly, you know, not standing in my power. And when I realized, oh my God, I don't even know what car I like. I don't even know what I want. And I thought, I looked at this clapjack banger and I went, get the clapjack banger for a couple of months while you figure it out. It's your bridge. Mm-hmm. And I did. And the clapjack banger was showing me what I didn't want. <laughs> absolutely hugely showing me what I didn't want in my life I wanted something reliable it would lock me out it, it, it was because I was creating such a thing around the clapped out banger I won't tell you what I was calling it and I was watching my words laughing at myself doing it seeing myself and it used to lock me out all of the time I used to crawl, had to crawl through the booth because I was an estate car and I thought I can't do this this is just absolutely horrendous Um, But all of the time I was saying to that higher part of me, show me what to do here. Show me what to do here. And then listening to my intuition one step at a time. So after a couple of months, I was also creating my lover at the time as well. So um, he said he's an American and he said he was coming over and this was for the first time. And of course, this was tail end of COVID and he had to go through loops to get over to Ireland. And I remember saying to him, he booked his flight and he was on his way kind of thing in a couple of weeks. And I remember getting off the phone going, right, that's it. My effort decision, oh my God, those effort decisions are really powerful. No, that's it. I am not meeting him at the airport in this club. <laughs> Excuse me, but I'm not. So I picked up the phone straight away to my brother and said, where did you get, I had sussed out I loved discoveries and this was, I had found what I wanted. So it was like putting into Google and refining your search all of the time. I kept on refining my search in my head. And then I rang my brother, where did you get your discovery? He told me I rang um, the garage and I was looking for a particular year because it was a commercial vehicle. And they're like hemp seed they're very you know hard to get and the guy said you won't believe it I have one here he said these are like hen's teeth he said you never get them and I went keep it I'll be down I'm buying it I hadn't even seen it and I was sitting outside my door within days because I but I had created the bridge I'd stepped on the bridge I said I don't know how I'm going to do this but I will And I kept on asking them, who are you asking? You're asking that higher part of you, that you that is connected to everything in the universe. Give me clarity about the next step and the next 
step and the next step. And then you get the little tiny intuitions. And then you see your fucking decisions are great because they're emphatic and they press upon your subconscious mind. And they, they kind of kickstart and open the doors very, very quickly, you know. So when you catch yourself creating like that, it's great. I mean, you had been bringing that in for a while. It wasn't like you just said one day you were like, I'm going to just go and buy this car. I don't know where I'm going to get the money from. I'm not sure how it's going to work out. It's And that was a huge lesson for me was when I want to create something that I have to create it in my mind first and start building the momentum there. Yes. And then it will eventually come into the physical. Yes, because you're impatient. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know I would be I would be too uh, originally initially I would have been as well I would have been impatient because you think it's it's an outward job but it's not it's an inward job so if you can't feel it you can't create it so if you and that is a true listen to those words if you can't feel it you can't create it you have to make yourself feel it first feel wealthy first or feel first or feel your lover you're you're feeling into the energy of the thing you want to create before it's actually in the physical you know yeah because if we don't and we just go straight to trying to force it to come in it doesn't work it doesn't work because you haven't it's it's like you're putting the cart before the horse you know you don't feel it how can you create something that you don't feel you can't, you can't if, if you're not, if you haven't got the energy of it within you, even a little bit, that's why you create momentum over a period of time. I can't suddenly turn, well, I'm working on that. I was going to say I can't suddenly turn around and say I'm a millionaire because I'm actually working on that one and I'm creating the feeling of it within me and I'm layering it little bit by little bit. You can't suddenly turn around like if you, you know, owe loads of money or that you're strapped for cash or that you have no job and say, oh, well, you know, I want to win the lotto or I want to be a millionaire or whatever. But you have to feel it. Mm-hmm. And it's, you, can, you can buy a, a two ninety nine scarf in pennies and wrap it around your, your yourself and feel beautiful or feel rich or feel or you can I always um I spent a couple of years creating abundance the feeling of abundance which is health wealth joy and happiness and then over the last year or so I've I've started and that that such an abundance has come to me because of that but now I'm creating the rich feeling the rich feeling and then and how do you create a rich feeling I'm looking at how rich I am right now to be sitting in front of Robin Taff and to be having this really deep, really good conversation, really high vibe conversation in the morning that will start my day and bring in all sorts of lovely things. That's rich. I'm looking at how rich I was yesterday to have my three kids here with me, all of us going off for walks, having dinner together, you know, looking at a movie. That's rich. And I'm saying to myself, and I'm reminding myself, you know, I look at nature all the time. And according to me, everything blooms for me. And all the leaves are for me. And all the trees are for me. And that's how rich I am. So you don't have to say, you don't have to think of richness as in monetary terms. If you can just conjure up the feeling of rich, rich will come to you in 
all aspects, whether it's money or health or whatever. So it, richness comes if you can conjure up richness. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the deliberate creating. Yes. That's when you conjure up the feeling first. Yes. The rest will follow. And that is was the biggest lesson for me that things don't just like sometimes I used to look at people and I'd be like, oh my God, they have a great job or like they have this house. And I'd be like, I want that. And I just kind of think that it maybe just fell into their life or they, do you know what I mean? Like there was no action that needed to be taken and it just wouldn't happen for me. But when I learned and with with everything in like relationship, work, different areas of my life that conjuring up the feeling changing my vibration my energy about stuff first yeah that's what prepaves the way and that's how everything follows and that like if you want to create a how you wanted it you were looking at other people and create say oh i want that chances are you weren't conjuring up the feeling of the house itself or you were conjuring up the feeling of the lack of it Conjuring up the feeling of maybe not not so much you because I know you would you're not but envy or you know that'll never happen me or chances are you weren't actually I'll give you a little example and I read it there or I listened to it it was from Greg Braden and um very good and he said something now I'm not don't I'm not quoting it directly so but he he said he when he's a scientist and a spiritualist and he went to Peru to um to visit to a place where there hadn't been rain in a couple of months and he went to this shaman and he said to the shaman can you pray for rain now don't the word pray it's an old-fashioned word so just don't mind it but it's very valid if you like that word pray you go for it and if you don't don't it's all it there's many words that mean sort of the same thing so the shaman said, come with me, and he led him to a sacred space, and he closed his eyes, and he closed his eyes for three minutes, and stand, st- stood there and closed his eyes for three minutes. And Braden said, thought in his head, I thought he was going to do a rain dance or something, he said he was down that he didn't do some mad ceremony. And when he opened his eyes, Braden said, did you pray for rain? And the shaman said, no. And Braden said, well, what did you do? What did you think? What did you feel? Because Braden knew it's all in the feeling and all in and he said I prayed rain mm. and now what do you mean you prayed rain he said I stood there and I felt the mud in my toes I felt the water running down my face I felt the clothes sticking to me and he did that for three minutes now we can't hold our thought for three seconds never mind three minutes and we're all going all over the place and it's it's focus, it's controlling your mind to think of one thought and feeling it over and 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 over again. And he did that for three minutes. But it, but so he prayed rain. Instead of praying for rain where it's, please, 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 our crops are dying and we need rain. From a place of lack. You're, you're not praying for rain then, you're praying for the lack. You have, you're feeling lack. So you're actually praying lack. If you feel lack, you're praying lack. If you feel rain, you're praying rain. And he said, coincidentally or not, as we all know, there's no coincidences in the in the universe. It rained that night because one person in more conscious awareness is more powerful than thousands that are. And he felt the rain. He didn't 
pray for the lack, feel the lack of it. He, if, so if you want to create a house in your life and you don't have the, a clue how to create a house in your life, start by playing. Get a non-resistant thought. A resistant thought would be, oh yeah, I have to start saving. Oh, but how am I going to save? I can't, I don't have that amount of money every month. And da, 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 da. That's a resistant thought and it's block, 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 block. If you want to create a house, Start just looking in the magazines. Where would you like to live? Start just feeling the energy and playing. And the minute it becomes resistant, the minute you start putting blocks, leave it, leave yeah. it, and go on to something yeah. else. Because the minute you start putting blocks in your way, you're creating a block. It's very easy, but just we've been so conditioned into the negative we think it's really really difficult but we're doing it anyway i mean we're doing all of these things in the negative all of the time in unconscious unawareness like we're unconsciously unaware of all of the things we're creating all of the, the momentum around the negative thoughts yet when somebody like me starts to go on about how to create um things in your life everybody does all oh, that and blah 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 but you're doing it anyway. I do. I bring a lot of quantum physics into what I do. I've studied an awful lot. You know, I've done different things in Trinity. I've done, you know, my master's in different things. This is all that science is saying the same thing in a different language. The, as the Buddhists and the Hindus and all, you know, have people have been saying for millennia. But it's just that some of them speak German and French and, and Spanish, but they're all saying the same thing. It's all energy and it's about knowing how to harness that energy and control it like the wind. We harness the wind and we use it for electricity. But we're not harnessing our energy. We're just, it's willy-nilly and it's going everywhere. Yeah. And it's funny you said that about the house because that's, um, for everyone isn't obviously something that me and my husband Gavin would love to do. We'd love to buy our own house and like you were self-employed so there's like little things extras that need to be done and we went through a phase of trying to we were trying to force it Robin stop there for one tick I'm going to use yeah. you an example Go. <laughs> myself and my husband Gavin gorgeous Gavin gorgeous Gavin and gorgeous Robin um are trying to buy trying to buy a house listen thoughts listen to your words trying trying is that an efforting word yes and actually we were only talking about it yesterday in that we've completely like it's not so my story was that we for a good year were trying to force it being like okay how am I going to get this mortgage what do I need to do today and like really efforting trying to push it all together and make it work from a place of lack, from a place of feeling like it wasn't going to happen for us. And we, I made, well, both of us did, we made a fuck decision where we were like, do you know what? We are, we have a gorgeous house now. We're so lucky with where we live. And we were like, we don't need to worry about this right now. So we, we both made a decision where we were like, we're just going to leave it. Like, this is not something we need to try and force or do at the moment. And I was like, I just want to find some pre appreciation for where we live now. And we've been doing that and I have completely, like the house, I can't wait. I know we will buy a house. I'm not worried about the time. I'm not worried about any of the details or of any of it, but we've left it alone. We're not, we're not forcing it at all. And behind all that, we're releasing the resistance. It is coming together without me 
touching it. And I know that. And it's a still, I'm not, I haven't even thought about the when or the how it'll unfold or any of that. I don't care. Like it's not, I'm so happy where we are right now. But it's it's such a good example of you saying when you feel that resistance to leave it alone, to, to just step away. Yeah. And you see what you're doing too is, you're, you're leaving it alone now because it was a resistant thought. But you know, you see, it's the knowing, okay? You know now that that house is there, your new house. It's there somewhere. Somebody is getting it ready or maybe somebody has it in their mind maybe next year or something like that. To, maybe I'll tell sell my house or maybe I'll do this next year. And all of that is getting ready and it's it's all momentum. And you, But you know that that house is there and you know that It'll come when the time is right. When the time is right, when you're ready for it, because you, on some level of yourself, have said, "I'm not ready for that yet. I'll bring it in when I need it." It was sitting in my own new house at the moment, and you know, oh, a couple of years ago, believe me, I could not see how this house coming in because I couldn't get even a loan from the bank because of all sorts of certain other things. And so I couldn't see in the name of God how I was ever going to get off that rental market and get my own house. And over a period of time, I was layering it with my thoughts and layering it with, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I will, so show me. And following the tiny little leads that were coming along my way until in September, when I, or in August, when I was over with my lover in the States. Um, <laughs> use that word because challenges everybody to feel that kind of sensual side of themselves that we normally ignore and um, but when I was over there I thought now when I go back F it. I am going to put this house together it's coming in it's coming in before the end of this year and I don't care it's coming in because you see I had said in the back of my mind oh yeah I want this house I want this house I want this house but my daughter was doing her leaving search and are the you know, fifth and sixth year are, you know important years and in the back of my head I had said I'm not moving anywhere until she's finished her leaving cert I'm not uprooting her she's finishing so there where I was in one breath saying I want this house and want this house and my higher part of me was saying yeah that's fine but I'm not going anywhere until she's finished her leaving cert so when she finished her leaving cert and she was a year in college or whatever I thought when I came home from the states I went effort this is it it's coming in and there's a person out there getting ready to sell that house and that person is you know getting the place ready and organized for me and this and that and the other and whatever and by november i had my house and i i had also said i'm not getting into a bidding war and this and it'll be a good price and it'll be this that and the other and it was every single bit and more because it always is more than you even think yeah. Yeah. And again, you had been prepaving that for years, like lining your mind up with it step by step to allow yourself to get to that place. Yes. Yeah. I I had been free because of the different, because of divorce and because of different, different scenarios. And my head, my head, I had to screw my head in a different direction going forward. But I had initially thought, how am I going to make myself feel like I can buy a house without the bank. So I started to look at, this is so funny because everything projects outwards, um, and I started to look at derelict houses anywhere, 
no matter anywhere in the country, I was a master at daft on my own and knowing exactly what was coming up and what. And seeing these derelict, I mean, you know, very derelict um, buildings at like maybe ten or fifteen grand. Now this was a good a couple of years ago. I'm thinking, I could I could afford that if I saved up. I could afford that, and then I could afford to put one brick at a time. <laughs> and I would I can and that made me feel that it was possible even though it was a, a long journey it was going to be possible for me to do it and I created that derelict those derelict houses and then I got playful about what you could do with them in your mind and how could, you could see them gorgeous and quaint and all lovely in stone and blah and they were all non-resistant thoughts that were building and building and building and building now the house that I have bought to, and of, of course over the years the derelict buildings were getting better and better because my financial situation was changing and changing and I was beginning to look at different places and they were getting much better in my mind and I was also beginning to think I could and then when I moved in here this house is a protected building. It's an old building from 1840. The builder showed me pictures of it before he, he got his hands on it. It was completely derelict. It was, you'd seen it. It was dereliction personified. And he did this lovingly because there's two together. He did it lovingly. And it's brand spanking new inside. It's an old, old house but it was derelict. So I, I got my derelict house turned, transformed into, as my, my thoughts were changing, the dereliction was becoming better and better and better until I got a brand new house, but it was a derelict building. So all those thoughts were being manifested. It's mad. Well, no, I know it's not mad now because I understand completely how it works, but I remember at the start, I was like, wow, this is mad that because you don't you're never taught how powerful your mind is you're never taught that you create and like I've even learned now that I know I create good things and I'm like when I notice someone I'm like oh I did that but when I notice something that I don't want I'm also like I also did that and that's okay because I know that I can do either it only happened the other day something something happened and I was like oh that's not great and then I was like yeah, but I did that and I know I did and I can do the complete opposite to that as well. Yeah, and good woman because when I, I do that as well, when something happens and I did that this morning with you, remember when I was trying to log on to the call yeah. and um, my my the internet guy is supposed to come to, to connect and this is, you know, there's been a little few hiccups along the way and I'm like, how did this happen? These all these I know I actually I I have worked it out how all of these hiccups are, but I was even listening to my own words when I said, "Oh, this flipping guy, da, 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 supposed to come this morning," and I went and I said it directly to you. I went then. Now isn't that great? All of those words now that I've just used, and I spent ages this morning clearing the way for him to come, and now I'm, <laughs> and I just laughed at myself. There's no big deal. You don't have to beat yourself up. It's just you laugh at yourself and you go inwards, that little girl who's having a conniption, and go, actually, it's all right. Can we not think better thoughts here? Can we just change this right now and do something a bit better or say something or feel something a little bit better and make fun, make a joke out of it? Yeah, and that's exactly what I did. And it was probably one of the first times that I've done that where I was like, no, I did that, but I laughed at it. 
instead of getting annoyed and going into even more fear and going oh my god what if that happens again or what if it gets worse and I don't want that to happen and that that could be a disaster and going into the loop of the conversation of fear instead I was like I did that but I can also do the opposite so let's do the opposite and I just made the decision and I was like no I'm creating what I want I'm not creating what I don't want and that's that's power isn't it because you're like oh I, I get to decide yeah you're 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 refocusing your mind. You have control over your mind and where to put your thoughts at any given time. It's just practice. We get we think we can't do it because we're so out of practice. And then when we start practicing, focusing our mind a little bit more on what we're saying and doing and 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 deliberately um, choosing better thoughts, we get better and better and, and better at it. You know, sometimes it's very hard because you could be very angry inside or very annoyed inside and maybe it'll take you a day or two or three to work the buggers out of that one. But that's okay. When you notice how angry you are, go into that little child inside you and go, oh, okay, we have a little bit of work to do here. Sorry, why are you so angry? We'll figure it out. And you and automatically, even those few sentences, is bringing your mind in a different direction. And that may take you a couple of days or weeks or, or whatever to figure it out. But all of that is also bringing you in a better direction rather than just jump into the same old story over and over and over again. Absolutely. And I wanted to ask you as well, because I know for so many people when they hear about manifesting, it's almost like you're taught to believe that if you want to manifest something, you just ask. So you say, I want a house or I want to manifest this or that. And then it's just going to come. It's just going to arrive in front of you. You don't have to do anything. Can you tell us a little bit about the action part of when we're manifesting something in our life? Okay, well, first of all, we're a three-part being as a, a you know within you there's three parts to you your energy your mental emotional process and then your physical process with physical action okay so physical action is very important it's part of the process but it's not all of the process and then the energetic part is knowing that you're tuned in to everything and the the mental emotional part is creating a feeling around what you want to create first and then the physical part is listening to the energetic intuitions that you're getting and the mental and creating the mental emotional feelings around it and then acting on the intuition not acting on the fear because people act from forcing it which is not intuition Force isn't intuition, force is fear. And people are acting from fear, fear, fear all of the time rather than from intuition. So you're asking all the time, okay, give me intuition around this. Give, help me with this. Show me what to do here. And then you're creating a feeling in the meantime. Like you're creating the feeling around your new house by just saying, I know what's there. I don't really do anything at the moment, but I know it's there. That's a big feeling. I know my house is there and I know my house will pop in when I'm ready. You're not ready for that house yet because you have other things that you want to create in your head and while you know it and while you know what you want to create. And they don't and the new house at the moment would interrupt all of this other stuff. You will bring all of this stuff in first and then the house will pop in then after. Mm-hmm. 
But you know that, and to admit to yourself, I know that. It's the impatience, it's the force of, I want it now, I want it now. But you don't really want it now. And doesn't that force sometimes come from a lack of trust that it will happen? Yes, yeah, that you're afraid that it won't happen because we've been kind of brought up in a lack, you know, in that we've been like it's generational conditioning as well our parents and their parents before them have all had these preconceived ideas and they literally hand it's like playing rounders your grandparents might have had this weird and wonderful idea about money or weird and wonderful idea about how to live your life and they pass the baton on to your parents and your parents then just pass the baton on to you and if you're not in conscious awareness you'll just pass the baton on to your child and it'll go around in that circle for generations. Whereas if you see your beautiful parents and, and say to yourself, oh, they did some wonderful things and they passed on a lot of wonderful batons, but there's a few of those batons that I don't like. I'm going to change them and do something different. And then ask, okay, show me how to create something different. So if your parents have been brought up, you know, in lack of money, Chances are we're going to believe that we can't have much either. If you've been brought up in a very wealthy environment, you'll expect money. You'll expect nice things. You'll expect it. Do you know when I see it as well, and going back to the housing bit, when some of my lovely women come in and they're in their 30s and they want to, to they bring in the man and the baby and the house and the everything all in the one five minutes. And... But you have to start somewhere. So we feel for the place that there's more momentum in. And sometimes it could be their house. And they say, oh, but how am I going to ever afford to bring in a house? And do I not have to wait for my man to come in? Because we as women have been conditioned to wait from generations of conditioning that you kind of, you don't buy a house on your own. You don't buy a house on your own. Yet men have been conditioned to buy houses on their own. So they just, all my male clients don't have any problem with buying a house on their own. But my women clients have problems about buying the house on their own because they've been conditioned to do it. And that's to do with money um, and, and and conditioning and how our mind works over generations. Yeah, and you also taught me, which I, I think about all the time, the importance of remembering what you bring to the table. And that's whether you're, a stay-at-home mom raising kids it, like we're we're also so conditioned to feel like maybe we're not it unless we're working and bringing in physical money if we're at home minding kids that we're somehow doing less or it's not enough and you taught me the importance of oh no way like you are bringing just as much to the, to the table and everyone actually has to bring different things because if two people like you said brought bread and one person didn't bring butter like I remember I just remember you saying that the importance of remembering what you bring to the table and if you if you think of it this I always again with 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 couples and especially when babies come along and maybe the the the, the woman stays at home to mind the baby for a year or, or whatever it is or on mat leave or and there's little money coming in and then it's a case of well I'm not earning and and then the man also goes into fear of having to be the sole provider and all of this kind of thing if if I often say to couples you're don't look at it like you're married or you're in a year partners don't don't look at it like you're married 
Because the minute you look at it like you're married, you're looking at it with a load of generational conditioning of what it is to be a married woman or what it is to be a married man and to have children because we've been so conditioned. I say to the, the couples, look at it like you're, you have a family business and there's two directors. And one of the directors is the financial director who's in charge of the money. And the other director is the HR and is in charge of the HR department. Now, if we don't have those two directors doing their thing, there is no hole. There is no hole. Whereas we, we and sometimes as women, although it is changing, thankfully, but it's sometimes as women, we put so much emphasis on what on money and and who's the breadwinner and we don't value value what we as stay-at-home mothers or stay-at-home fathers do it is one of the most it is the most important job you are raising the next generation whatever you put into their little tiny brains is going to stick and they're going to grow and roll with that in their life and not only that but that's probably going to go down through generations so you being strong and having a good sense of self-worth and self-esteem and confidence and valuing yourself and your own worth is so important because that's what you're going to pass on and not only that but if you don't value yourself your partner is not going to value you either don't value you either so it's very important that self-worth bit mm-hmm. is very very important extremely important yeah I uh, yeah I just I want this to mention that as well because I, it helped me so much when you said that to me um about like that everyone bringing different things to the table and that's how a unit works and that's how it flows and that just because you're not working and bringing in directly bringing in the money does it mean that you're not doing enough and does it mean that you're not as worthy as the other person um I could ask you questions all day Judith but I want to before we finish up where for anyone listening who wants to maybe do a workshop or work with you where can they find you they can find me on my website judithmcadam.com or they can look at instagram as well judith underscore mcadam um, or they can contact contact us directly. I do um, one-on-one and um, workshops as well. Uh, yeah, and then our once or twice yearly big events too, which I love as well. So yeah, they can get me I'll put all of the details underneath. And you also have a book, The Source, which is where I started. That's how I got to yeah. learn about this, which is a great place, I think, as well for anyone who's kind of interested and it's like, oh, I'd like to maybe dip my toes in this or this really resonates with me so I'll put the links for everything underneath yeah the book is actually very important because the source connect with your inner power and create your own reality and it's it's on audio as well um as hardback but it's a great it's a great place to start or work use in conjunction with working on on me with me yeah Julie thank you so much you're welcome you're welcome my darling I'll talk to you soon